0: You're listening to Live Wild Radio, the part-time adventure podcast.
1: Join us as we explore how outdoor adventures build mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back to Live Wild Radio. I'm Catherine. I'm joined here by Winston. That's me. But before I get on to today's show about solo tripping um i think we gotta really dive dig a little deeper here into our partner uh Giria. um and i can say this because i've seen a massive transformation in in winston's physique and apparently a lot of other women at his work have too uh the clients <laughs> three times in one week they've been asking now asking if you have a girlfriend
0: yeah so two <laughs> things happened number one um uh, well, I guess three things happened. Number one, I built a a little bit more muscle. I already had a fair amount. Yeah. Um, number two, I lost a fair amount of fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm down 20 pounds. So muscles up, fat's down. Um,
1: oh, and I helped him with uh, dress.
0: And then, and that's sort of the other one is that once I've lost weight, then she had me get t-shirts that fit me mm-hmm. um, because I was lighter. So my extra large t-shirts are no longer needed. Now I have extra medium <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, it's not, it's just down to larges, but they're like fitted shirts. so
1: but really all of this is coming coming down to to two things, living with me and eating healthier. yeah, but finally also showing off the muscles that you built with uh, Guria Kettle fitness bells. equipment
0: yeah kettlebells and pull-up bar. yeah, yeah they don't get any credit from the for the floor. no that's just push-ups <laughs> you know? that's right. Um, but most of my training um, that's made the biggest difference. Uh, is been double kettlebell complexes, right? So it's like using two kettlebells at once for clean and press front squat, uh, clean and jerks, uh, push presses, snatches.
1: Yeah. Push pulls hinges, all those movements that we talk about, but we will, we'll dive into those details on another episode because yeah. it's worthwhile talking about, Meantime, we want to let you know that through us, you can get 5% discount. We partner with Giria. And for our U.S. friends, it is uh, us.gearia. G-I-R-Y-A. No, Great
0: Lakes Giria.
1: Oh, well, you do it.
0: Okay. So either way, <laughs> if you are in the States and you just type in greatlakesgearia.com, it will automatically take you to the U.S. site anyway. But it's us.greatlakesgearia.com. Canadians, just greatlakesgearia.com. Uh, They are in Kitchener, Ontario, um, which is just across the the highway from where we live, uh, or around the corner. Either way, it's very close to us. We go pick ours up. They don't have to even ship them to us. Um, And uh, use promo code LIVEWILD, all one word, for 5% off your next purchase. And they have kettlebells, dumbbells, barbells, squat racks, uh, you know, maces, and... Uh, basically, all the fun stuff you would need. I think they got pulling sleds and that kind of thing, battle ropes. Um, like if you want to build a totally kick ass home gym, um, oh, and they got their uh, awesome pull up bar, a commercial quality pull up bar, uh, is a hundred bucks Canadian. (laughs) Like it it blew me away, like when we got this thing in, yeah. Um, And it's one of the multi handled ones, so you can do parallel pull ups. you know, their straight bar positions, angled bars, like it's pretty awesome. So, if you go visit them, uh, obviously if you use our promo code, it's like saying, hey, my friends from Live Wild Radio sent you, and uh, save a little money, and look forward to our future episode when we talk about the training I've been doing to uh, um, up my sexy level. <laughs>
1: and um, get some compliments and yeah. pickups. <laughs>
0: Or not. (laughs) You know, I I basically um, declined all the pickups because I'm uh, ecstatically happy at home. But um, it's still good. So am I. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because she's got a guy who's uh, looking good in his tight t-shirts. Yeah. Um, And... Yeah, so that's uh, that's our commercial.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so on our show today, uh, we're talking about solo tripping, mm-hmm. and uh, thought it was a great topic, uh, something we haven't spoken about before, something that we've done and we've heard other people do, and you know what, I think there's a lot of fear in why people don't want to do it. And, on their own. Yeah. But, um, so Winston, tell us, uh, you know, from your perspective, why do you like solo tripping?
0: Um actually at this point I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I did so much of it when I was younger like why is it worth doing yeah, it at least so once? Yeah, so yes, I I will I, I just I saw an opportunity for humor. Um <laughs> you know, I did so much stuff on my own that it's like now it's like I I like having friends. Yeah. <laughs> um but I think the the biggest thing you'll run into is self-reliance or that was always mm. what I felt. I like that. Right, because um you know, you figure it out, you plan the trip, uh, you pull it off, right? And there's something incredible, um, as far as your confidence goes, mm-hmm. that when you do a solo trip, and you pull it off, right? Because you don't have anybody else there for support, right? You've had to dig deep. Um, not always. They don't have to be <laughs> all the brutal suffer fests I tend to put myself through, but... Um, there, there is a great confidence that you carry into the other things in your life that comes from accomplishing things by yourself.
1: Absolutely. Um, and I, when, on the trips that I've been on the past with Winston, uh, you know, he pretty much led them all, planned it all out. It was, I was just along for the ride. Then we broke up.
0: (laughs) No, you dumped me.
1: (laughs) Years ago. And I didn't want to stop, tri- you know, solo tripping, right? And so I'm like, I'm going to do this. And the one thing that really gave me the um, the courage to do it was having an in-reach. All, all,
0: all the training I gave you before you dumped me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I reached out to Katie, <laughs> your AT partner, to spot me. Because um, I knew she, you know, was she was fairly familiar on the ins and outs of where we were going. Yeah, and, um, and she
0: wouldn't... Um- you know hold it maybe maybe you didn't tell her you dumped me
1: no she might have held a grudge on me <laughs> maybe. I don't think I did anyways but I got an in-reach explorer and for me that was a huge safety blanket to feel more confident to go out and in the event of an emergency and and for tracking navigation because I'm not good at using I can't I can't use a compass right? yeah
0: that that's me failing as a teacher because not only have I taught you in person you took one of my classes
1: it takes practice. Yes,
0: and you don't practice. Um, so <laughs> just anybody, in case they're they're not familiar with an inReach Explorer, it's a device from Garmin um, that is a mapping GPS, but it also is a two-way satellite text communicator and an emergency locator beacon. Um, so you can send messages to anybody, any cell number or email address, um, so that you know you can just keep your check-in buddy informed yeah um and if you put your foot in a gopher hole and break your leg you press the sos button Mm -hmm. and the helicopter's coming exactly and because it's a gps it knows where you are so when you send out that sos the search and rescue just becomes a rescue because they don't have to search for you.
1: Yeah, which is one of the huge, like the biggest uh, pieces about when you're in that situation, right? Is making it very clear to people where you are, mm-hmm. and if you have a GPS GPS coordinates, it makes it easy. It's actually also good for uh, weather. Um, yep,
0: gives you weather updates.
1: Weather updates, um, which was pretty key on some of my you know particular solo trips, but um, I will say going back to Winston's point, how incredibly rewarding it is to be completely self-reliant so it gave me the opportunity to exercise and implement all the things that he taught me and put into action and I went on another trip with another girlfriend where I was actually the leader Mm -hmm. and I was in the same boat you know assessing everything setting up a camp and making decisions but um, I did a couple of trips like a trip earlier in my before I even knew Winston everybody bailed out on me to go on a camping trip and this is pre-kids, and I decide to go anyway. And it also really allows for an adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. When you're on a camping trip, backpacking trip, whatever, with somebody else or other people, you're constantly compromising. Mm-hmm. Like, do you know that feeling? where we're like, oh, I want to stop and take this picture and take forever to take that picture. But then you feel bad. You're holding people behind, yep. which is how I feel.
0: Or, Or you want to cover more miles and everybody's slower than you.
1: Or you're really social and you want to talk to these people and chat or you don't. Yeah. Just think how liberating that is, um, which I really love. And I remember.
0: You get to be selfish. Like in do, a good way. You in do. In a good way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I find that really good for you um, as an individual. I think everybody, I think everybody once a year should actually do a solo trip. And I don't care how long it is. It could be. Do a
0: weekend. Do a week. You know, whatever, whatever. A weekend's
1: perfect. Yeah. You know. Or you could do longer. Mm. But I think it's incredibly rewarding whether you're an extrovert or introvert. Introverts probably love it even more.
0: Yeah, because then they don't have to be around people that they but stressed out. But it's by. really
1: good for, even as an extrovert that I am, I found it really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. It was really, the idea that you could be selfish. And, you know, and there's kind of, there's also the type of trips too, that you can be completely remote, see nobody.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or it just means that you're a trip of, you know, a group of one and you'll come across people, but then you get to choose if you talk to them or not. Yeah. And I will say when you are solo tripping people, you have better chances of meeting people and pe- families or groups welcoming you in because you're on your own and mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you're by yourself. Oh, you know, and then they'll instantly most people want to like protect you and offer that to you mm-hmm. if you want.
0: If it's the creepy guy with the van that's just got candy, free candy <laughs> scribbled on <laughs> it, um, don't take any help from him.
1: No. But uh, I did find that when I was on that trip. Um, Mount Marcy? uh, No, it was actually um, Morrison um, Trail. It was in... um,
0: Where you ran into friends of ours.
1: I did, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I did. Yeah. Kirsten and her then boyfriend at the time. Um, Yeah, that was really weird. And, um, but I did run into other people that were pretty friendly with me and helping me out. You know, well, it's because
0: you're nice. People like you. Mm-hmm. Nobody helps me out. No. They go, well, look at they're that. They're afraid of you. Well, uh, now they're, you know, now they're asking you out. <laughs> <laughs> they're wanting
1: to feel your, your arms. Yeah, but like um, getting yeah. roped by
0: customers.
1: Yeah. So um, I will just lastly say I did the most amazing 24 hours solo experience. When I went up from Cambridge, where we live in Ontario, to Tobermory, it's about four hours north. It's a great destination, super beautiful aquamarine water because it's all limestone, the bay, you know, what's in the water, Georgian Bay. And you know, I had no reservations. I don't know what I was thinking. It was a Saturday. I left at 6am, saw the sunrise, took beautiful shots along the drive up, no traffic wound up at this place called um oh it's it's a hiking trail <laughs> and um it'll come to me spirit rock just uh on your way up to Tobamori, and i went hiking and i decided to take the uh, um offbeaten path and uh where there was a bunch of poison, poison ivy because i knew people were going in the other direction and i didn't want to run into them and i had long pants so it was fine and i took my hammock and the best experience was, is that I was in, in a forest that had low growth of bush, like bushy growth. It was just tall, mature trees, hung up my hangout, hammock, slept there for like two hours. It was the most peaceful thing ever. I mean, mm. like these are things you don't do with your friends because they want to go and you have a place to be. and Yeah, you're doing stuff. Just whatever you want. And then I got up. When I was done that, I was super chill. Oh, let's go down to the, the beach, right? I ended up spending... The entire afternoon there, <laughs> I went to the beach, went skinny dipping. Um, you know, it, it was just fun. And
0: you can do that with your friends, but they have to be really good friends.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Or on a survival course. Because right. that's what you and...
1: Hey, I didn't know you guys were coming around the corner. Anyways. Um, <laughs> hey, it's legal. Yeah? Problem. Legal in Ontario. Anyways. Um, well, not
0: skinny dipping, just topless. I was topless, yeah.
1: yeah. And that's what I was doing, actually. I, I was just topless. Mm. Anyways. um. So then I got back in my car. I thought, okay, I better go find a campsite. It's like five o'clock or four o'clock. Get there at five and find out everything's sold out. I'm like, oh my God. And I said to the lady, because I had to go to a private campground instead of the provincial part, because they were completely booked. I said, listen, I just need two trees. And that's the benefit. Like when you're, and I would suggest that if you can get into hammock camping and you should, I think um, it makes it super flexible. Mm -hmm. So you can go anywhere. And she's like, I got you. I'll put you by the barn because there are some horse stables there. And I had the best place. And I heard her talking to another couple about a secret cove that you go swimming. Nobody goes. You could watch the sunset. I had the most amazing day and then came back the next day and that was it. Mm-hmm. And it was the most fulfilling, rewarding experience to be selfish and do whatever you wanted.
0: Yep. Yeah. I noticed that your story didn't involve any ice cream. No. No. It'd be a better story with ice cream. (laughs) I'm not like you. I really like ice cream. (laughs) You know, if I'm having a selfish day on my own. No, I love to swim. Yeah.
1: Like actually, whenever we're on backpacking trips and you always talk about this, Catherine, what do you want to eat? And I'm like, I just want to go swimming. Mm -hmm. There's something about me in water. Yep. I find it so refreshing. And that's my reward is to go swimming.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because like she's gotten me into the water quite a bit um and i hate the water uh you know so, so. why do you come in the water cuz i love you uh, <laughs> um no but well, you know it's it's sort of a together thing cuz my well, it's not that i hate the water i hate getting in the water mm. i hate that ah, 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 of cold yeah Yeah. cuz it is refreshing yeah you know but like when your balls go up in your body and <laughs> <laughs> you know especially like i hate cold water on my back mm. right it's the same thing I don't like look it on my stomach like if I'm uh, riding and I've got like a rain shell on, and then water runs, cold water runs down my back, like when it's raining. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, ha, 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 you know, I'm I'm the dude that sort of can walk off broken bones, but like I turn into a giant like pansy when my cold water runs down my back. Yeah. You know, I suppose if like, I just do the big plunge. Yeah. Right.
1: Then you go get over it. G- yeah. G- give you like. Ten seconds and then you're good. Yeah,
0: it's like just you know, it's like rather than like slowly flay me, like just punch me in the face. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, that's my whole thing with swimming. Uh, so. Like I don't mind being because you know we, we went to uh, Port Burwell, went to the beach for the day, and once we got in the water, it was fine. Yeah. Right. We hung around in the water for. We ended up talking to a dude. Yeah. And we were talking in the water for probably half an hour. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Yeah. It was the getting in there.
1: Oh, yeah, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. So.
0: You know. Yeah. Well. So but, you, uh, you you remember the good part. I remember the cold part. Well, there's always that, <laughs> you know.
1: but it, it's the it's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. So so uh, you must get this question at the the store a lot, like mm-hmm. people wanting to go solo adventuring yep do you so what what are the uh fears people have that you think we can address here
0: so uh when we're talking backcountry stuff um bears uh i think is the number one Mm -hmm. number two is especially for solo women Mm -hmm. is like uh is there gonna be like bad people who like do bad things to me out there Mm -hmm. you know and i think the risk of bad people in the back country. Um, not that bad people don't do things in the back country. Mm-hmm. It's just you, in the grand scheme of things, you run into so few people mm-hmm. that the odds of some predator, <laughs> you know. Um,
1: They're looking for easy targets.
0: Yeah. And also, like, the odds of somebody who's, like, some sort of predator also be, oh, but I'm really into backpacking. <laughs> You know, so that they're going to get out, you know, yeah. get all the gear together. They
1: need to get in and get out when they're going to do something,
0: you know. So I basically I think the, the problem is there's so many horror movies that involve people in the woods. Yeah. Right. It just artificially scares people. Mm-hmm. Um. And, you know, on the bear thing, um, if for your peace of mind, you want to carry bear spray, have at it. I never do. Um. Realistically. Uh, making a bit of noise as you hike Means you'll probably never see a bear
1: Yeah we're talking about black bears
0: Black particular. bears not grizzlies Yeah, uh, But eastern North America where we hang out Most of the time eh, if, if you see a <laughs> uh, a grizzly bear It got out of the zoo <laughs> <laughs> um, So basically uh, Like I said if you want Carry bear spray um, Like bells or something on your backpack uh, Will tend to keep a lot of animals away Mm-hmm. Um, right. Cause it's a metallic, unnatural sound and it carries. Um, and then, uh, you know, it really comes into managing your food, right? So don't, uh, sleep where you eat, you know, try to prepare and eat your food at least 20, 30 meters away from where you're going to sleep at night. Um, and then properly store your food at night. So whether that means a bear hang, which I'm not a huge fan of, but um, we've done it before, and it works, or a bear-resistant canister. Either way, 100 meters away from your camp. Uh, yeah,
1: and I always take napkins so that when I'm eating my food, if I spill anything on me, it generally goes on the napkin. Yeah. Um, if I get like a food on my clothing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Change Just your clothes. Just change your clothes. And put, put your it. clothes
0: in the bear canister.
1: Yeah. You know, that stuff you can hang in another bag if yeah. you don't want to put it in the canister or whatever. But, um, those tips really work well. And, um, I've even had, um, once at a lean to, that's a three sided hut. Um, so you're completely exposed. Right. And I heard there were bears around and we had our food and bear canisters. I heard in the middle of night, I'm pretty certain it was a bear, mm-hmm. um, just sniffing, Yeah, you know, and then it walked away. Yeah. So and I was man. there with my kids. Yeah. So I was a very light sleeper, wait, you know, listening for things. And, and I asked other people to join us. And we, weren't, we weren't alone. <laughs> yeah. But um, anyways, so keep in mind that when you are solo camping, if you are fearful, like, extremely fearful, maybe not go back country the first time, just go on a camping trip where there's other people around. Yeah. And camp alone. And you can even go into the quiet zone where it's even quieter and you're more spread apart from other campsites for the feeling of remoteness. But I think that will help build a lot of confidence. I would also suggest wearing earplugs at night. I know you disagree because you like to know what's going on, but I've had times where in campgrounds, every drop of water, you know, everything's amplified chipmunks. You think everything's outside your tent and it's big Mm -hmm. and you can't get sleep. And that's like not fun.
0: Yeah. I would rather, I would personally would rather hear, like be woken and hear what's going on Mm -hmm. if there is Mm -hmm. something real, you know, and then, and I guess part of what I run into is that I've done this enough that my brain will only wake up to big things.
1: Yeah. I just think for people who are super nervous to start. Yeah. And and (laughs) just, (laughs) just
0: put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 la
1: seriously i would take earplugs mm-hmm. just so that you can get comfortable yeah if
0: you're if you're in like a paid campground like a provincial park state park national park um sometimes your neighbors are noisy anyway so that's a, it's not bad advice i just i i would probably recommend it against earplugs in the back country hmm. you know unless i'm going with you back in the day when you used to <laughs> snore a lot so, Catherine lost weight know. and the snoring's gone away. So,
1: yeah, I think that one's debatable. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I think um, that's definitely a piece of it. I think another one is people are afraid of getting lost. And we talked about the idea of, you know, using an aid like a in reach, a garment yeah, in reach explorer. But certainly, um, the key to getting, I mean, first of all, you have a route. Have a route. Yeah. Let other people know before you go what your route is, mm-hmm. when you expect to be back. And if you're going to have an in reach explorer, to communicate, use it. Yeah, let people know. What I used to do was from the trailhead where I parked my car, something that my my license plate picture of my car. When I was going in, what you know, what time I left, when it, where I was going to, what was the route, mm-hmm. when I'm coming back. Yeah, what I personally did is each day I would track through my InReach Explorer my route. They could see live updates if they wanted to just go on and see where I was, where yeah. I was, and ask me questions. And then when I arrived at my campsite, Same for the night, campsite for the night, I'd mark it and say, arrived at my campsite, I'm here. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere else. Yeah. The next day when I'm setting off for the next track, I'll let them know I'm setting off. This is what I'm going to do if I'm going to summon a mountain, come back. I let them know what the point is. And then when I've summited, let them know coming mm-hmm. down. Yeah, like at those. That's how I did it. And I think it was pretty good. Um. And it still allowed me to make changes on the fly and not commit to a schedule. So that's what I think the benefit yeah. of having ongoing communication is. Yeah. Um, if you don't do that, it's still okay. But um, keep in mind that if you don't come out by the time that you said that you would, your friends should be calling. You should give them in advance the provincial park... Um, phone number. Phone number, police, you know, that you're, you're expected
0: back yeah, to Yeah, whatever, whatever the first responders search and rescue, you know, that kind of thing of that area you're going to be in. Yeah, Research that ahead of time. And then whoever your check-in buddy, give them all of that information. Right. So then they're not trying to figure out, okay, who should I be getting in touch with? They know exactly who to get in touch with, Um, you know, and say my, you know, they're able to say, my friend was supposed to check in at this Mm -hmm. time. They didn't. This is their route. This is where they went in you know, this was their itinerary. Yeah. So it makes, if they do have to search for you, it narrows it down dramatically.
1: Yeah, that's a huge thing. Um, I will say one of the, I don't know if the new InReach explorers are better, yep, but are. the one that I have um, certainly tracks you with no uh, delay or issue on where you are. But when it comes to sending and receiving messages, you have to have a clear view of the sky. Yes. So think about this. You're in a forest. You don't have a clear view of the sky. I had this several times that my messages were not going through and I wasn't getting messages on time. And what I didn't like was the fact that they weren't date stamped or time stamped. Mm-hmm. Right? So that, I think that's a big deal. You know, so it's a, yeah, something the, to keep te- in mind. This technology
0: mind is limited. Is, is a giant step forward from having nothing when you're in the back country. hmm But it's still not like sending a message on your cell phone. Right. Right. Because it is sending to satellites 22,000 kilometers away.
1: And they have to triangulate, right? Well,
0: that's just the GPS part of it. Mm. Um, But the messaging, you know, has to go up into outer space and then come back down to Earth. So you need, um, under some tree cover it can work. But I didn't have much success, you know, but it depends on how dense the tree cover is. Um, but if you can get a clear shot at the sky, um, you're yeah. going to get much better. It's um, really
1: hard to do, though, because I am like, oh, my God. Like, well, ah, where, you mm-hmm. know. So um I will say the other benefit of having a GPS tracker is say you see some wicked campsites that you want to mark for future, you know, use, yeah, use. You can do that. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I really liked about it. You can in advance plan if you know where you want to go, how long it's going to take, mm-hmm. and you can mark it on so that on software on yep. your computer, and then it gets transferred to your GPS. So then it tells you where you are. So I found it really handy for other uses, not yep. just for emergency.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Like it's well, because that, that's the thing that I like. The the re- unit I would recommend people get now mm-hmm. instead of the InReach Explorer is the Garmin sixty six i the GPS Map sixty six i uh, because it, uh, is similar to the Explorer in that it is, uh, uh, a mapping GPS satellite communicator and emergency locator beacon, but it's a bigger screen, uh, better resolution. So, you know, that's just nicer to use. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got more memory. The preloaded maps are much higher quality, uh, you have the ability to add maps. Um, it has a micro SD chip slot so you can add even more maps. Uh, and, you know, so the functionality is dramatically improved. Um, and it's got a faster processor and more powerful transmitter and all that stuff. Uh, so both your GPS reception is better and the message sending part of it uh, is better. 'Cause it's got a little more oomph. Yeah. Um now bear in mind if you do have how much a, is it retail? Uh eight twenty nine Canadian. Canadian, okay. You know. Um, so it's it's a little pricier than the InReach Explorer. Mm-hmm. But for the upgrades, um to me it's worth it. Uh because it's like the most current GPS with the inreach technology in it.
1: Yeah. It's quite popular. Mm-hmm. Aside from the fact, you know, that we use it and that's what we have, but pretty much any a lot of major people that go out and, you know, yeah, adventure, whether it be rock climbing or boating or whatever, it's it's quite good.
0: Yeah, and Garmin's yeah. built it into a number of devices now. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're like in an ATV or snowmobile, you can get the 700i, which has a five-inch screen and will run off the power of your vehicle. So it's too big to use, like, as a handheld for backpacking. Right. But if you, you know, not all of your adventures have to be like us on foot. Right? So, uh, you know, anything that gets you well away from civilization, um, it's a good idea to have some sort of satellite communicator. Mm -hmm. And just bear in mind, though, they are battery-operated So, just like your cell phone or anything else, it only works if it still has a battery charge. So, we would recommend bringing, like, one of those little brick batteries that you can recharge your unit out in the field. Yeah. Then just make sure everything's fully charged when you go out on your trip.
1: Yeah. The battery power on my InReach Explorer um, is actually really good. Yeah. So, I imagine their new one's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can
0: probably do a whole week trip without charging it. Yeah, I would say. But I think it's belt and suspenders, right? Like, I... We almost always, depending on where we're going, have that and maps, (laughs) like paper maps. and Oh, yeah.
1: You never know what could happen, right? right? Um, Pretty much in everything we do, whether it be for making fires, purifying water, um, in particular, we want to have duplicate, triplicate ways of
0: doing things. It's the old, like, two is one and one is none, so have three.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, you know... Um, I would definitely say, I don't I want to deep dive into it now, but we can, you know, when it comes to um, planning your trips and backpacking, we have some really good podcasts.
0: Yep, yeah, And some articles and on And articles
1: it. all about that. All the things about the gear you want to bring. You got to mm. remember you're one person, so weight of your gear, it should be fairly good. You don't want to be heavy and yeah. over carrying things. Um, yeah. Because the so heavier
0: heavier your pack is, the more likely you are to get injured.
1: Oh, Yeah. And you want to look at fitness and what you can do. Realistically, should always underestimate. I yeah. think. Yeah. Especially when you're you solo. Yeah. You because don't wanna, you don't want to
0: you don't want to finish a day completely fried if you've got to do it again tomorrow.
1: Especially if you have to make certain checkpoints because you've booked you know um, tents and campsites that you have to be at because yeah. the parker and that's what it requires. So yeah. I would always uh, underestimate your abilities to have a much more enjoyable time than yeah. to be stretched. Yeah. Especially
0: especially on your f- like some of your first trips solo. Yeah. Right? Like as time goes on, you'll get better at, you know, estimating your distances that you can do.
1: Yeah. It all depends on terrain and time yeah. of the year. And, you know, and then the other thing too is I might stay, steer away from going back country in the fall. That's the most dangerous time of the year um late summer fall when you've got fluctuating temperatures from shorts day you know shorts weather throughout the day to like sweater weather at night and it could be rainy yeah that can be really dangerous um, yeah because it, if it's ex- winter
0: you know it's cold y-
1: you just wear one kind of clothing yeah
0: yeah you know but when you're dealing with like one day could be shorts and a t-shirt and the next day is single digits and raining well, that's hypothermia weather. Yeah.
1: And when you're wet and cold, like when you're wet, you're cold. Yeah. And then if the temperatures are lower, that's super dangerous. So um, spring and fall, be wary of that. But in particular fall, because you're going into the colder, you're, mm-hmm. you're already you, you know, pretty used to summer, so you're not used to the fall. Yeah. Um, so that'd be another thing I'd just be very conscious of. If you're going to do that, do, you know, certainly go to a campground, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, car camping versus, and you're just on your own. Yeah. Um, but really... Yeah, being tired is when you cause injury. Um, that's mistakes. when injuries, make bad, poor decisions. You know, following, just making sure you know how to read trails and, and maps. And, you know, and we talked about this in another episode, I think, about safety essentials or essentials to uh, hiking. Even when you go hiking for a day, yeah. that's actually really another dangerous time because you don't have what you need to
0: camp out for the night
1: if you have to yeah right and one of the biggest things that happens when you're on a track is you don't look back to see you don't establish landmarks so you don't look back to see where you came what from looks, especially if you have a, if you have to double back mm-hmm. so things don't look familiar so you you should be constantly looking at your compass your navigation tool whatever to make sure you're on the right trail
0: yeah and and l- stop it because if the trail is really rugged you're looking at your feet Right. So mm-hmm. stop regularly and look around. Yeah. It doesn't have to be for long, but, you know, it's one of those things. It's very easy to cover a whole bunch of ground staring at your feet so you don't trip on rocks and yeah. roots. That then when you uh, get to a point where you're not sure where you are, you have no idea what anything it was supposed to have looked like.
1: And because you're doing more of that and you're constantly checking your map, you're going to be slower mm-hmm. than you normally would with your friends when you're chatting it up and just la, la, la going and yep. oh yeah, you are on the right trail and you're kind of half paying attention, yep. right? So again, more reason to consider taking us. you know, covering less ground. Than yeah, a ground. little more
0: conservative than you might do in the group.
1: Yeah. Those would be my top tips. Otherwise, I'd definitely say go check out our podcast about um, intro to backpacking where we yep. talk about gear food management um, emergencies like all that those are really good tips if you haven't done it
0: and if you're just doing like day hike solo you know because that's a viable type of solo adventure Um, look at our articles on the 10 essentials for hiking so that even on a day hike you're taking what you need because maybe one of the most common things is people not taking a headlamp because it's like they're not planning to be out of dark
1: (laughs) biggest things. that's a a big reason why people get lost and hurt as you a know. result of, because they trip and
0: yep. fall on. You know, so even if it's just a day hike, having those 10 essentials with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we did, did we did an episode on the 10 essentials, yes, we didn't did. we? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you can listen to the episode, you can read the articles. It's something that we cover pretty extensively Yeah. Um, to be safe.
1: So I think those are the key things about solo camping. And I don't think there's anything else to talk about, is there, as far as the...
0: Yeah, like I think the, the biggest thing is with anything, baby steps, mm-hmm. right? Try something small mm-hmm. and then as you get more comfortable, expand, yeah. you know, um, or you can be like our friend Kaylee, who her first um, big, f- like her first foray into this kind of stuff was to hike the Pacific Crest Trail. <laughs> no, no training, no Backpacking experience
1: <laughs> and she did it because what's the percentage of people that actually s- complete it?
0: Uh, it's pretty low like twenty percent.
1: She did well. Yeah, yeah. it's incredibly so uh, we hope we don't scare you off right about some of the The actual risks and what to pay attention to it, it is incredibly rewarding Both when I did it at a car camping site mm-hmm. and then when I went backcountry when I went backcountry. I was Nervous which mm-hmm. is why I had somebody to communicate with Yeah, right but the fact that they were watching out for me and they were checking in on me made me feel a lot more comfortable. The fact that there were people around, mm-hmm. right? Yeah,
0: because and if you do go backcountry, don't pick a, something super remote your first time. No, right? Pick something that you're guaranteed you're going to run into people, right? Yeah. And don't, for instance, like we've got a trail in, in here in Ontario called the Lacoche Silhouette Trail in Killarney Provincial Park. Well, it's an 80 kilometer loop that doesn't really have sp- many spots you can bail on. Right. So once you start it, you got to commit to it. You're kind of committed to it. Whereas if you get into a trail network uh, that has, you know, a lot of connector trails, Mm -hmm. you know, then you can, you know, um, bail uh, without, you know, because say something like the Coach Silhouette. Let's say you're at the halfway point, you're 40k in. Well, you can either complete it or double back 40k.
1: (laughs) Yeah. The Morrison yeah. Trail I did at um, Tracy Ridge.
0: Well uh, Allegheny National Forest. Allegheny
1: National Forest. That was a good one.
0: Yeah, because it's it's a maze of trails.
1: Yeah, and I think I did 26 kilometers that day. It yeah. was a lot. Um, and then I found out that it was going to rain, so I, I, I had to, I didn't, I didn't bring my tarp, I think. I didn't bring my tarp, so I had to turn back.
0: You didn't bring your tarp.
1: No, I was saving my campsite. I was just going to go up for the night, and then mm. the forecast changed. And I saw, fuck. And I actually have a really good video of me making like all these little vlog accounts. Like mm-hmm. as I was going, I'm like, okay, we got a situation here. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I got to go back. I'm going to get wet.
0: Oh, you left your tarp at the other campground.
1: I did. Right. That it was just going to be an overnight thing. But the weather changed. Right. Y- yeah. But. Uh, yes. that's You shouldn't do that.
0: No. No. I know. Learn from Catherine, please.
1: I'm really good at teaching people what not to do. Yeah. It happens to me often, but that's how you learn. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, I made it back. Mm-hmm. I was super tired. Um, yeah, it just is what it is. But yeah. so, but it's definitely worthwhile doing.
0: Yeah. Like it's that kind of thing. Things that push you outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you know, where you confront them voluntarily. That's how you grow. Mm -hmm. right and you know that's what we're called the part time adventure podcast you know infusing adventure into your life and all that kind of thing but at the heart of what this is about is about growth it's Mm -hmm. about being um, the best version of yourself right and you know the reality is you know anybody that tells everybody oh you're just wonderful the way you are it's like we all can be better right we can all you know be kinder stronger, um, you know, braver, you know, like life is a journey where um never settle. Like I, I saw this cool t-shirt that said, you know, proud but never satisfied. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, so be proud of what you've done, mm-hmm. you know, and, and take breaks here and there, right? Like, you know, you don't have to have the nose to the grindstone 24-7, mm-hmm. but Always strive for more, right? Always find new ways to grow. Um, and as you age, those those ways change. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, I'm 51 and got sexy all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, You're always sexy in my books, babe. Yeah, well, that's why we're together. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, you guys learned a little bit about solo trekking. You know, if you got any questions, just go to our website, livewildradio.com. And uh, send us a note. Um, You can at the contact us or just right at the bottom of the homepage. uh, You can send us a message and we'll reply to you. If you have more questions and if you have uh, even questions unrelated to this episode, feel free to go on and ask questions about other things. Um, You know, we're always looking at, you know, supplying the information that you guys want to hear. And we're happy to put that in. So until next time, I'm Winston. I'm Catherine. And remember to work hard.
1: And play dirty.